Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. So today I want to start with a question. And it's a question that I think about a lot, which is this. What if? I wonder whether you've ever asked that question. Now, there's entire genres dedicated to this question. There's uh, movies, there's book series, there's YouTube videos that look around the idea of uh, alternative history. So here's one example, right? What If by Marvel. Any Marvel fans in the room? And it looks at all these different things of, you know, what if this character didn't die? What if they were born in a different place? What, what would happen, right? How would things look differently? Here's another one. Uh, the man in the high castle looks at what if the allied forces lost the war? What would the world look like? What would uh, living in that society look like? And then uh, for all the men in the room, right? What if the Roman Empire never fell? What if it survived? What would, what would that be like? So that's just history, right? But I wonder if you ask the same question, what if? Maybe you ask, what if I had had that conversation differently? What if that relationship hadn't turned out the way that it did? What if that friendship didn't fall apart? What if I'd taken this job instead of this job? Does anyone else find themselves asking those questions sometimes, wondering how life might have looked very differently? Now, what if can be a really helpful thing to reflect on and to learn and to go, how would I do things differently in the future? But sometimes it can lead us to getting a little bit stuck as well because we can keep in the the realm of what if rather than focusing on what's next, and we become stuck in the past rather than looking forward and how we want to live differently. So today I want us to look at God's story and how we fit into it and how we can have confidence to not be stuck asking what if, but what's next. See, our lives aren't random chance, they're a part of a bigger story. And so today we're going to look at how God's plan uh, happens in Luke 2, in the Christmas story, showing how we fit into that plan and purpose. So today, we're going to look at firstly, what is God's planned story? How is it planned from the beginning of time? Then we're going to look at how can we embrace God's purpose for our life, God's plan for our life. And then we're going to look at how each of us can play our part in God's story. And so, as I said, we're going to look at Luke 2. And uh, for those that don't know, Luke uh, is a book in the New Testament. The author wrote about Jesus. He did it in a very structured way, like a historian. Uh, And in chapter 2, he talks about when Jesus was born. Now, at the time, a ruler called Caesar Augustus made a rule that everyone had to go back to their hometown for a census. You see, back then they didn't have postal votes to actually physically go to the town you were from. And so this made Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem. 
And it's like everything happened at the right time as it was meant to happen, as it was predicted. And so in Luke's writing, he focuses on the birth story, but he particularly has an emphasis on the shepherds who weren't necessarily seen as very important back in that time. Uh, But it shows that God cares about everyone, even the least noticed, and that we all have a part to play in his story. And so that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at God's planned story to begin with. And so kicking off in Luke 2, it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree or a rule that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. See, that's important. It's telling us when it happened in history, and that's important. And so Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. So it's not only the right time, but it's the right place, the right family to belong to. And we're going to dive into that a bit deeper. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And so that's the first part of the story, right? And there's a lot that happens in that that I want to unpack. But what I want to say is that there were several predictions or prophecies uh, that the people of Israel knew about what the Saviour King was going to look like, what the Messiah was going to look like. And so there's a number of predictions that Jesus fulfills, demonstrating that he was the long-awaited promised king. And so here's a few of them. The first one, that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. See, Micah in the Old Testament told the people of Israel that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And so having to go back to Bethlehem to be born shows the plan and the purpose that God had from the very beginning. And we see that uh, both in Matthew and Luke, Jesus' birth is recorded as being in Bethlehem. The second one was around being born to a virgin, and Isaiah 7 uh, told that a virgin would conceive and bear a son. And then Matthew 1 confirms that through the birth of Jesus. The next one is around being a descendant of David, and uh, it was said in both Isaiah and Jeremiah that the Messiah was going to be a descendant of King David, and both Matthew and Luke trace Jesus' family back to the line of David. The next one is around the flight to Egypt. See, uh, in Hosea, there was a prediction foretelling that God would call his son out of Egypt. And what happened at the time is there was a ruler called Herod who felt intimidated by this, you know, Messiah, this saviour that was going to come. And so he sent out an order that all our firstborn children should be killed. And so they actually had to flee uh, and take Jesus to Egypt to escape uh, the, this rule of Herod. And the last one is around um, being called a Nazarene or someone from Nazareth. Now, there's a few things about the word Nazareth. 
The first one being that it means branch, and there's different predictions by various prophets around the branch that um, is referring to the Messiah, right? The next one is that the people of Nazareth were not seen with respect. They weren't a people or a place that was seen with a lot of respect. Um, And so there's also uh, predictions for telling of the rejection of the Messiah. And that's what we see throughout the New Testament. People say things like, you know, can anything good come from Nazareth? And that's why. And so the fact that not only was he born in these places, in these times, in this family, but also that he was associated with the town of Nazareth shows us the great plan that God had for humanity from the very beginning. See, unlike speculative what-if scenarios, God's plan is intentional and it's had a purpose for humanity from the very beginning of time. And we see the fulfillment of this in Matthew 2, right? God warned Joseph in a dream not to go back to Judea, so instead he took Mary and Jesus to Nazareth, where he spent a lot of his childhood and became associated with the town of Nazareth. So that's the first thing. The second thing I want us to look at is how we can embrace God's purpose for our life. And so continuing the story, uh, as Kath was sharing, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Understandable, right, given the situation. If you saw the same thing, you'd probably be a little freaked out as well. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Then when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. See, what we see in this story, right, as I said, the shepherds were not seen as, um, you know, high members of society, And so even in this part of the story, there's a number of what-ifs that could have happened, right? What if the shepherds went, you know, oh, who are we? We're just shepherds. What if we get in trouble? What if we get there and they're like, what are you doing here? Right? Talk about awkward. But they didn't let that get in the way. And actually what we see is that the shepherds initially afraid, they trusted the message and they went with purpose to see the newborn saviour. 
And then afterwards, their willingness to share the news reflects how they had trust in God's authority and his plans and his purpose. And thank goodness that they did, right? Because we hear as a result of that message spreading and more people finding out about Jesus and then Jesus going on to do what he did on this earth. And so the first thing that I talked about was that from the beginning of time, right, God has had a plan and a purpose. And when we understand that and we can see that through the Christmas story, the next part of that is embracing that purpose for our life. It's not just enough to recognize that God has a plan for humanity, but it's recognizing and embracing that that purpose extends to us as well. It's not just something for back then, but it's something for each of us today as well. And then the last part is around playing our part in God's story. So we embrace that. We recognize that we are a part of that story as well, but it's actually going further into action and going each of us needs to play our part. And so continuing on in Luke uh, chapter 2, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to summarize it. Joseph and Mary, uh, they were obedient to what was called at the time the law of Moses. And one of the requirements was they had to present Jesus in Jerusalem after he was born. And so there's two characters. There's Simeon, who was guided by the Holy Spirit, who recognizes Jesus as the promised Messiah and rejoices in God's salvation for all the nations. He prophesies both the impact and the challenges Jesus will bring. And there's another lady called Anna who affirms Jesus as the Redeemer. And so we're going to look at this just as a bit of an overall summary. So verse 25 introduces us to Simeon being a godly man. Then he praises God for seeing the Messiah and acknowledges Jesus as a light, not just for Israel and the people of Israel, but also for the other nations as well. Then Simeon talks about how Jesus is going to cause both the falling and rising of many, that he's going to be someone who's spoken against, and he's going to reveal the thoughts of people's hearts. And then Anna recognizes Jesus, gives thanks to God, and speaks about him to those anticipating Jerusalem's redemption, because that was part of what the people of Israel were expecting. They were expecting Jesus to be the great redeemer of their people, of their nation, after so many years of suffering. And then in verse 39, it talks about Joseph and Mary and how they were obedient to the law, and they returned to Nazareth, emphasizing their role in God's unfolding plan through Jesus. See, there's a lot of different characters in this story that we've looked at today. But each of these characters play a significant part in God's plan. And it shows us that we all have a part to play in God's story. At first, we looked at how um, we looked at God's plan story. From the very beginning of time, God knew and had a plan from the beginning of time to save and redeem humanity through Jesus. And we see that how that was mapped out through human history, right? Everything happened at the right time, in the right place, in the right 
way. And Jesus came to fulfill all of these things that had been predicted to demonstrate that he was the one that God had sent to redeem us. And so because of that, because of that, we understand that God's got a big story for humanity. And the next part is about embracing our purpose. God doesn't just say, hey, I've got a plan for humanity. He says, hey, I've got a plan for your life as well. And you have a part to play in that. And when we understand that, when we embrace that, when we each play our part, what happens is that actually we can step away from the what if and we can ask this instead, from the what if to the what's next. See, when we're focused on looking back, when we're focused on the, the possible scenarios of what if this happened, what if I did this differently, what if I hadn't said that to that person, what if I did that instead, there's a, there's a lot of anxiety that can be filled and a lot of people can spend a lot of time regretting things rather than focusing on what is the plan and the purpose that God has for my life and what is he wanting me to do next? And so I'm going to invite the band up as we close. But I wonder for you, right, maybe you've asked the question, what if, about your own life? But I hope that you've seen as we looked at the Christmas story, as we looked at the birth of Jesus and how we fit into it, I hope that you can have confidence to go from what if to what's next. And I want to just challenge each of us to just take a moment to reflect on the role and the plan and the purpose that we have in God's story and where you need to embrace that purpose in your own life. What areas do you need to look at your purpose differently? And so the band's just going to play, but I encourage you, let's just take some time to reflect on that, to think about that for ourselves. our service in a moment we're going to sing another song but I hope you've thought about your plan and your purpose differently because thank God that LifeGate Church is not dependent on one person each and every one of us has a part to play in God's story each of us has a purpose in that story from the very beginning of time God has had everything mapped out and if he can have that plan, then you better believe that he has a purpose for each and every one of you. Something that only you can do. Something that's your part to play in this community. And so as we reflect on this year, 
as we head into a season of celebrations, of spending time with loved ones, of connecting with friends, as we look forward to 2024, let's consider what God is asking us to do next. And let's embrace the part and the purpose that we have in his story. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the Next Step button.